Section 10 of the United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. The World Story, Volume 13, The United States, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 10. George the Third Acknowledges the Independence of the Colonies, 1782, by Elkanah Watson. Soon after my arrival in England, having won at the insurance office one hundred guineas, on the event of Lord Howe's relieving Gibraltar, and dining the same day with Copley, the distinguished painter, who was a Bostonian by birth, I determined to devote the sum to a splendid portrait of myself. The painting was finished in most admirable style, except the background, which Copley and I designed to represent a ship, bearing to America the intelligence of the acknowledgment of independence, with a sun just rising upon the stripes of the Union, streaming from her gaff. All was complete save the flag, which Copley did not deem prudent to hoist under present circumstances, as his gallery is a constant resort of the royal family and the nobility. I dined with the artist on the glorious 5th of December, 1782, after listening with him to the speech of the king, formally recognizing the United States of America as in the rank of nations previous to dining, and immediately after our return from the House of Lords, he invited me into his studio, and there, with a bold hand, a master's touch, and, I believe, an American heart, attached to the ship the Stars and Stripes. This was, I imagine, the first American flag hoisted in old England. At an early hour on the 5th of December, 1782, in conformity with previous arrangements, I was conducted by the Earl of Ferrers to the very entrance of the House of Lords. At the door he whispered, "'Get as near the throne as you can. Fear nothing.' I did so, and found myself exactly in front of it, elbow to elbow with the celebrated Admiral Lord Howe. The lords were promiscuously standing as I entered. It was a dark and foggy day, and the windows being elevated and constructed in the antiquated style, with leaden bars to contain the diamond-cut panes of glass, increased the gloom. The walls were hung with dark tapestry, representing the defeat of the Spanish Armada. I had the pleasure of recognizing in the crowd of spectators copley and west the painter with some american ladies i saw also some dejected american royalists in the group after waiting nearly two hours the approach of the king was announced by a tremendous roar of artillery he entered by a small door on the left of the throne and immediately seated himself upon the chair of state in a graceful attitude with his right foot resting upon a stool he was clothed in royal robes apparently agitated he drew from his pocket the scroll containing his speech the commons were summoned and after the bustle of their entrance had subsided he proceeded to read his speech 
i was near the king and watched with intense interest every tone of his voice and expression of his countenance after some general and usual remarks he continued i lost no time in giving the necessary orders to prohibit the further prosecution of offensive war upon the continent of north america adopting as my inclination will always lead me to do with decision and effect whatever i collect to be the sense of my parliament and my people i have pointed all my views and measures in europe as in north america to an entire and cordial reconciliation with the colonies finding it indispensable to the attainment of this object i did not hesitate to go to the full length of the powers vested in me and offer to declare them here he paused and was in evident agitation either embarrassed in reading his speech by the darkness of the room or affected by a very natural emotion in a moment he resumed and offer to declare them free and independent states in thus admitting their separation from the crown of these kingdoms i have sacrificed every consideration of my own to the wishes and opinions of my people i make it my humble and ardent prayer to almighty god that great britain may not feel the evils which might result from so great a dismemberment of the empire and that america may be free from the calamities which have formerly proved in the mother country how essential monarchy is to the enjoyment of constitutional liberty religion language interests and affection may and i hope will yet prove a bond of permanent union between the two countries it is remarked that george the third is celebrated for reading his speeches in a distinct free and impressive manner on this occasion he was evidently embarrassed he hesitated choked and executed the painful duties of the occasion with an ill grace that does not belong to him i cannot adequately portray my sensations in the progress of this address every artery beat high and swelled with my proud american blood it was impossible not to revert to the opposite shores of the atlantic and to review in my mind's eye the misery and woe i had myself witnessed in several stages of the contest and the widespread desolation resulting from the stubbornness of this very king now so prostrate but who had turned a deaf ear to our humble and importunate petitions for relief yet i believe that george the third acted under what he felt to be the high and solemn claims of constitutional duty the great drama was now closed the battle of lexington exhibited its first scene the declaration of independence was a lofty and glorious event in its progress and the ratification of our independence by the king consummated the spectacle in triumph and exultation this successful issue of the american revolution will in all probability influence eventually the destinies of the whole human race end of section ten this recording is in the public domain